My dear friends, I think it's safe to say that we're all just devastated by the news of the death of Grace Bunbury. Many of us had been following reports of her health since she was felled by a stroke a number of months ago. I had not heard any recent reports, but what I had heard as of a few months ago sounded promising, but alas, she departed this earth on the 7th of May. Oh my goodness, what an inestimable loss it is. Just before I left New York, I put together a list of singers who, even though they are entering or have entered old age, whose presence remains an enormous blessing and whose loss would prove to be completely devastating for me personally. Of course, Ms. Bumbry was at the top of that list. I'm dreadfully, dreadfully sorry that she's gone. I'm happy that her suffering is over and that her voice will remain undimmed. A number of months ago, I produced an episode on the great Grace Bumbry, and at that time, I also produced a bonus episode for my Patreon supporters that focused on her work as a leader singer. And it's that episode that I would like to present to you today, slightly amended to include what I think is a proper send-off for this great, great singer. I'll see you again next week with the promised episode on dreams. But in the meantime, let us uphold the memory of the great, the matchless, the irreplaceable Grace Bumbry. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode. Hello to you all, my beloved Patreon supporters. After I posted last week's episode honoring Grace Bunbury, I became aware of a further recording of Lieder that she made in 1976 with the British pianist Geoffrey Parsons. This consisted of songs by both Schubert and Schumann, many of which she had recorded before on previous Lieder albums, but nevertheless, Grace Bunbury singing at the top of her game in 1976 seemed like something I didn't want to miss. So I got my hands on a copy of it. It's a little scratchy, but I thought it would be very worth sharing with you, my beloved Patreon supporters. I wanted to supplement that record, however, with some other examples of Bunbury's Lida singing. So that's what this episode is going to be. 
We're going to cover more than 40 years of Grace Bumbry's career, with performances of art song ranging over that entire period. Let's start with a spoken tribute that Bumbry gave in honor of her beloved teacher and mentor, Lotte Lehmann. This was part of an album that was produced by Gary Hickling of the Lotte Lehmann Foundation, of which, at one point, I was a member of the board of directors. And don't even ask how, even the president of the board. Anyway, Gary has his own unique way with uh, promoting the legacy of Lotte Lehmann, and one of the things that he did was to produce this album of former students of Lehmann's, members of the board of advisors of the foundation, etc. The album was actually issued in 2006, and I think this tribute from Madame Bumbry was recorded in approximately 2003. I'm going to follow of that directly with her performance of the Brahms Zafische Ode. This is a recording from 1962 in which Grace Bumbry is accompanied by Eric Verba. Lotte Lehmann was for me the epitome of what it meant to be a singer of text. I needed more than just having a beautiful voice. She opened the door to my mind and that there is more to singing than just the instrument itself, what the words of the music are about. I became aware of the sound and the weight of words, what they mean from the point of view of fantasy. And I say fantasy with the real reason because we have to, first of all, have it in our heads and this was what Lotte Lehmann brought to my mind, that you have to first think it before you sing it. You have to have it in your mind so that the colors that you're looking for and the weight of those words are brought out in the fashion that you think the poet has intended it. She did nothing with my voice. She did not give me voice lessons. She gave me lessons in interpretation and how to analyze a piece of music. I don't even think that she realized that she was giving a lesson in analysis of music, but for me, she did. Because it made me aware of the fact that there's more to a piece of music than what's obvious, which is, of course, the words and the, the notes, but what is beneath those notes, what the flavor was, that the composer was looking for. I will be always grateful to her for having opened that door to my mind. I hope that I am passing the same thing on to my students. It's not an easy road, but it is a, an enjoyable road. Lotte Lehmann will always remain for me the most important person in my entire musical life.
Grace Bumbry was a larger-than-life personality on the operatic stage. And so it's no surprise that she can carry off songs with such schwung as the final one of Antonin Dvorak's Zigeuner Lieder. This is from a live performance in Amsterdam on the 4th of July, 1965, and Grace Bumbry is accompanied by Beaumont Glass, who, by the way, also wrote a biography of Lotte Lehmann. I think it was in the 1970s. Yes, it was a centenary biography, so yes, it came out in 1976. I said on the main episode that I thought that Grace Bumbry was particularly suited to the music of Johannes Brahms, and there exist a number of wonderful recordings, both live and studio, of Bumbry singing the music of this composer. I guess the ugly specter of, I don't know what, how even to refer to this, Racism is rearing its ugly head here because so often artists of color were expected to sing so-called gypsy songs, of which the Dvorak, of course, is an example. And Brahms also wrote his own set of Zigeuner Lieder. The first was for chorus, and then he did versions of those also for solo voice and piano. I don't want to get too much off topic or to go off the deep end on this question of the whole genre of gypsy music right now. But let's just say I'm aware of it, and I often have problems with this quote-unquote genre of music. These are rousing songs often, and based, I think, in the case of Brahms's Zigeuner Lieder on Hungarian texts that were then rendered into German and adapted by a member of Brahms's inner circle named Hugo Konrad. This 
song is Kommt dir manchmal in den Sinn, which is the penultimate song in the solo vocal cycle, and gives us a contrast with the exuberance of some of the other settings. This is a deeply felt expression of love. And here we hear Bumbry, accompanied by the pianist Sebastian Peschko. This was a 1964 recording on Deutsche Grammophon. There exists, thank goodness, a live recording of her in her youthful prime doing an all Brahms recital in Salzburg. We're going to hear a single excerpt from that recital. That is the Brahms song Wir Wandelten. I had meant to include this on the main Bumbry episode, but as so often happens with my podcasts, I got a little overwhelmed, if you can believe it, and I ended up with a surplus of material, so I'm happy to quote-unquote recycle this one and present it to you now. I think it is a glorious performance. The concert, by the way, took place in Salzburg on the 28th of July 1965, so clearly there was a recital tour going on with that performance in Amsterdam on the 4th of July, and this one following just a few short weeks later.
I mentioned that recording of Schubert and Schumann Lieder, and I'm going to present it to you in toto. But I'm going to lead off with a Schumann song that Grace Bunbury recorded with the American pianist Leonard Hokanson in a previous Lieder recital recording that was issued in 1967. This is the song Der Sandmann that is one of the songs in Schumann's Lieder Album für die Jugend children's songbook. And this depicts the Sandman who comes and sprinkles sand in the children's eyes to help them fall asleep. The delicacy of Bumbry's interpretation and the tenderness is just so touching to me that I wanted to share just one example from this also very, very beautiful Lieder album. Stiefelein hab ich an mit wunderweichen söhlichen Dram. Ein Säcklein hab ich hinten auf, husch, trüblich rast die Treppe hinauf. Und wenn ich in die Stube trete, die Kinder beten ihr Gebet. Thank you. 
Ambry has spoken about the fact that Lehmann's favorite composer was Robert Schumann, while hers, that is Grace Bumbry's, is Franz Schubert. I fall more in the Schubert camp, as those of you who know, and maybe even love me, know, and I think that the Schubert side is really exceptional, but so is the Schumann, so I just decided to flip the record and play side two first, and it's appropriate because it begins with the song Widmung, dedication, that was one that Bumbry would often sing and dedicate to Lotte Lehmann. Next on the record is Der Nussbaum, and I played Bumbry and Helmut Deutsch doing this song in her 2001 recital at the Châtelet, which was also in tribute to Lehmann. It's interesting to hear, again, Bumbry in her very gentle, tender mode. It represents a side of her that might be surprising to those who only know her operatic work. Oh. 
Next, we have three excerpts from Schumann's Liederkreis, Opus 39, set to 12 different poems by Josef von Eichendorf, who's one of those quintessentially romantic poets. I think of him almost as the poetic equivalent of the painter Kaspar David Friedrich. The first song that Bunbury offers is Waldesgespräch, the third of the cycle. This is a conversation between a knight-errant and an apparently forlorn woman he finds lost in the forest. The woman warns him, you better run, you don't know who I am. And all of a sudden, he becomes aware that, oh my god, you're the Lorelei. And she's like, yep, okay, I'm gonna drag you down into the depths with me, baby. And that's exactly what she does. Next, we have a different kind of panoramic nature painting. This is the song Mondnacht, in which Eichendorf and Schumann evoke the most exquisite moonlit night. It's one of my favorite songs, and I'm quite overwhelmed by Bunbury and Parsons' interpretation. Thank you. 
The Eichendorf Liederkreis concludes with an ecstatic expostulation to the joys of the spring evening, Frühlingsnacht, when all of nature is bursting with the message to the poet that the beloved loves him. I think that Schumann's Highness settings are among his most extraordinary songs. Of course, there is the Dichterliebe, but there's also this mini cycle called Der Arme Peter. This tiny trilogy was published as the third of Schumann's Opus 53. It depicts poor Peter at the wedding of Hans und Grete. They are dancing at their wedding reception, and Peter sits by observing them white as chalk. He bites his nails and says, it's a good thing that I have so much common sense or I would do myself damage. 
Then in the second song, he describes his own torture. In meiner Brust, da sitzt ein Weh. In my breast, there is such pain that it feels as if it will burst out of my breast. No matter where I go, I feel my beloved Grete near me. In the third song, we are witness to Peter's end. He wanders through the streets. The girls whisper to each other. It looks as if he's risen from the grave. But no, young ladies, he is about to descend into the grave. He's lost his beloved, and for him, the grave is the best place for him to lie and sleep until judgment day. Der arme Peter, den Nägel kaum. 
The last Schumann song that Bumbry and Parsons offer is called Aufträge, Message, and it's very much like the Schubert song Liebesbotschaft, in which the coursing brook is told to take messages to the poet's beloved and to also bring the poet her answer. <laughs> We get to the Schubert side of the record, and I must say that Bumbry's repertoire choices are not the most adventurous, but the performances that she gives of each of these very well-known songs is just so full of love for the composer, love for the words, love for the music itself. 
we start with Gretchen am Spinrade, the thrice familiar song that nevertheless receives some very interesting touches from Bumbry and Parsons. Next is another Goethe setting, Rastlose Liebe, Restless Love. I'm ever driven out into the wind and snow and rain. I would rather fight my way through the elements than be forced to bear witness to so much of life's joy. Where shall I flee? No matter where I go, love, you're always there. Oh, my God. 
is a very favorite Schubert song of mine. It's Die Junge Nonne, and I will confess that I actually attempted to perform it once. I was not helped by a recalcitrant pianist. You know, I used to have in my mind that I was going to do this whole series of recitals featuring songs that were written by men to be sung by women. It was my own little genderfuck programming. I did a number of recitals like that, and I did, as I say, attempt to sing Die Junge Nonne, but this performance of Grace Bunbury and Jeffrey Parsons, unlike my feeble attempt, is well-nigh definitive. There's so much color, there's so much drama, and at the end there is such hard-won repose. I think it's a gorgeous performance. Let's 
Speaking of gorgeous performances, this version of Litanai, I think, just about takes pride of place as my very favorite version. On the main episode, I played Bumbry's much earlier recording with Eric Verba from 1962, and it's gorgeous, but she doesn't do the appoggiaturas correctly. Here, she's corrected that error, and every time she performed this song, she sang all three verses, which I think is crucial to her interpretation, and in fact, crucial to the effectiveness of the song. So, when she sings that second verse about the young girls that died for love after being abandoned by their lovers, carries so much weight. I find it really, really beautiful.
Also extremely effective, I think, is this recording of Der Tod und das Mädchen. Again, a thrice familiar Schubert song, but one in which the characters are so clearly delineated and death is not at all something to be feared. In listening to that, I was asking myself if she was going to attempt the low D. She doesn't do it, but she lingers so long on that A that you really wonder if she's going to go all the way down, so to speak. I warrant that she probably could have, but the interpretation is perfect exactly as it stands. Now we turn to more lustig repertoire for the final two songs on this record. First is Die Forelle, another perennial favorite Schubert song. I think this is not such a happy song considering that the poor fish, who was just minding his business being a fish, ends up caught and God knows what, probably fried for somebody's dinner. Do any of you out there think of this song as an early example of the animal rights activists? <laughs> 
Just a little thought. Finally, we conclude the record with Der Musensohn. God, I've sung so many of these songs, certainly not as well as Bumbry, but I did do my very best to get this song out there, and it's a challenge with all the words. She and Parsons take a rather deliberate tempo, but it's very lustig nonetheless. Thank you. 
I just have a few songs to offer as a bit of an addendum to that 1976 album. I had mentioned that Lotte Lehmann tribute album that came out in 2006. For that release, Grace Bunbury and Beaumont Glass went into the studio to record a new version of the Hugo Wolf song Anacreons Grab. I'm not sure exactly what the recording date was, but it's probably around 2003. Again, it's so amazing to hear the Bumbry voice so intact and still with such capability of spinning out beautiful legato lines on which the text is nonetheless declaimed with such rigor and profound expression.
Bunbury has said that her favorite Schubert song is Die Taubenpost, a setting of Johann Gabriel Seidel, and I do think that Schubert's late settings of this poet are among his most profound and exquisite songs. This one takes a lighter tone than some of the other Seidel settings. If I can find Grace Bunbury speaking about this song, I'm just going to append it right here and offer you this performance, which took place at the Châtelet on the 5th of May 2001. Here, Miss Bunbury is accompanied by Helmut Deutsch. Taubenpost is really my favorite of all the Schubert songs, and I think it has to do with that, that haunting feeling, that haunting sound that comes, die Sehnsucht. Thank you. 
it's here that I'm going to amend the content of the bonus episode slightly to offer this spiritual performed by Grace Bumbry and Beaumont Glass in Amsterdam on the 4th of July, 1965. This is their performance of Deep River. It is as heartfelt and fervent a rendition as I've ever heard, and it represents the great Grace Bumbry at her very, very best. I hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of her work as a leader singer, an aspect to her artistry which I consider just as important as her contributions on the operatic stage. Rest in peace, dear, beloved, daunting, irrepressible, irreplaceable, Grace Melzia Bumbry.
my dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach.